All right, we're in 1 Samuel, and we're going to begin with uh, verse 1 of chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 30, and verse 1. All right, so we have been teaching on restoration more recently, talking about the power of restoration, how God declares in Joel chapter uh, 2 and verse 25, I will restore years unto you. I'll restore what the canker worm, caterpillar, palmer worm, and so forth has stolen from you and robbed from you and destroyed in your life. And so God declares, I will restore. Restoration is God's promise that God will restore to you what has been lost and what has been taken from you. Now, in this particular passage today, uh, David, uh, we find, is in a dilemma. He's in a very difficult place and a very hard place uh, in his own life. And then, of course, uh, for all of his men and the families uh, that were part of his company. And so we're going to begin with verse 1. It says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And so David and his men came to the city and behold it, uh, behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken, taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. So they were in a very traumatic situation. I mean, their wives, their sons and daughters had been taken away captive. The city had been burned with fire. They had taken all kinds of loss. And yet, uh, here God is able to work in this situation, as we will see today. No matter how low it seems you go, no matter how difficult the tragedy may be, no matter how uh, strong the winds of adversity, or no matter what has been destroyed in your life or taken away, God still declares, I will restore. And in the middle of the storm, you can say like Job said, in the most difficult of times in his life, he said, I know my Redeemer lives. And so you can hold fast to your faith in God and your confession of faith uh, when you're in the worst of circumstances or the worst of situations in your life. And so no matter how difficult, God will restore. So here David has taken this great loss and his men have taken this great loss. And it says, and David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinoam and the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So here David 
not only is suffering the loss of his, uh, of his wives and suffering the loss of the city being burned and things taken from him, but uh, now the men that were following him, his men, were threatening to stone him. They wanted to kill him. And because of the grief that they were experiencing, they wanted to take it out on David. And so in David's case, he's got a double hit. You know, he's got his own personal hit, and then his uh, men uh, turn against him and, uh, and uh, wanting to stone him. And so he's at a pretty difficult place, in a place of leadership, and nobody wants to follow because of the destruction that has occurred in their own lives and in their families. And so they want to stone him, but it says, And David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. When nobody encourages you, we've looked at the story a little bit of the story of Job. And in Job's life, when he was in very uh, difficult situation, he had, his health was totally being destroyed. His, his kids had been killed. Uh, his sons and daughters had been uh, killed. And all of his uh, livelihood was being destroyed. So everything that he had basically was being uh, taken away from him. But in the middle of it, he said, I know my Redeemer lives. So here David, another story of loss and great loss and great tragedy. And in the middle of this test or in the middle of this storm, it says David encouraged himself. When Job had no encouragers, he had to encourage himself. When David has no encouragers, he has to encourage himself. When you have no encouragers... I would encourage you to build relationships with people who will encourage you and whom you encourage. But sometimes even though you've encouraged people and their friends around, they don't find the place to encourage you. And so in that place, thank God, no matter if they do encourage you, you still are going to have to encourage yourself. Because they're not always at your house. And they're not always to be there. They're going to be there to encourage you at every moment. But thank God you can learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. So in your tragedy or in your test or in your storm, learn how to encourage yourself. Now if you look at the Psalms and over and over David was faced with situations, circumstance, dilemmas, tragedy. And in every case... He praised the Lord. He would tell his story and he would even express his feelings, but yet then he would praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. You have to learn to talk to yourself. You have to learn to tell yourself to bless the Lord when you don't feel like blessing the Lord and it doesn't look like you have a whole lot of reason to bless the Lord by every circumstance that you're facing in your life. But nevertheless, in the middle of your storm, you still lift up a voice of praise and thanksgiving to God, knowing that God is good and God is God and God is going to get you through this test and you will see the end of the storm and you will see the joy of your salvation come to pass. Hallelujah. You'll see the 
power of the Holy Spirit demonstrate in your life the goodness of God and the mercy of God, God will bring you through. If you learn how to encourage yourself instead of sinking into despair, sinking into discouragement, sinking into depression, thank God you can lift your voice in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the trial, when it looks like everything has been taken from you, when it looks like all is gone, thank God Jesus can and he will restore. God can and he will restore. The first beginning of restoration is restoring and renewing of hope. When God restores your hope and God restores and renews your hope, then he gives you a vision that, that, that things can be and things will be different in your future. So no matter what's happened, maintain hope. Because faith is the substance of things what hoped for. Hope for. Your praise is evidence of your faith. It is a release of your faith, your thanksgiving to God, your praise to God, your confession to God that He is your Redeemer, recognizing and declaring and decreeing who God is and what you believe concerning His promise. When you state the promise of God, you declare the promise of God, you're managing your life, hallelujah, you're managing your soul, you're not letting your soul be cast down, you're not letting uh, your soul be depressed, you're not letting uh, the circumstances cause you to get so discouraged that you have no hope and no dream for your future, you're maintaining your faith in God that all things can pass away. These old situations or circumstances or dilemmas or trials or tests can uh, be in your past and you can have hope for your future. Amen. So, learn how to praise God. In the test. Learn how to bless the Lord in the pressure moments. Learn how to praise God and thank God even though you're going through difficult times in your life. And when you do, it'll carry you through. Hallelujah. It'll carry you through the trial. It'll carry you through the dark place. You'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you'll get to the other side where there is light. Hallelujah. And God give you light right in the middle of your darkness. Amen. So the Holy Spirit can guide you through the test. David encouraged himself. And if you'll stay encouraged, you'll win. I said, if you'll stay encouraged, you'll win the victory. You'll win over the test. You'll win over the trial. You'll win over the pressure. You'll win in life. Amen? So David encouraged himself. Verse 7, and David said, To Abathar, the priest, Amalek, a son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at, uh, at the Lord, or inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered. In other words, God answers. God answered in him and said, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Wow, that's a good word. I said, That's a good word. And so your second step, of course, you encourage yourself in the Lord. Second, you uh, say to God, Now what shall I do here in this case? 
Because everything you might think of doing may not be the right thing to do. But the Holy Spirit can guide you and direct you. And He doesn't just guide you in the good times. He, he guides you in the difficult times. I said He guides you in the challenging times, the difficult times, the dark places of life. He'll guide you through and enable you to navigate through that dark place and get to where God has promised that you will go. Amen? And experience the blessings of God in your life and the restoration that He has promised. I will restore. And I know my Redeemer lives. And so therefore I believe that God will finish what He started. And the promise of God is good. And what He said, He'll perform. And what He said and spoken to me, He's going to bring to pass he's going to do it and God is faithful to his word he's not a man that he should lie if he said it he'll also do it he'll bring it to pass and he'll do it for you and he's no respecter of person so if he did it for somebody else he'll do it for you if he did it for Job if he did it for David he'll do it for you and if he did it for anybody else in this room, he'll do it for you. And he's done it for everybody in this room at some point in their lives. But now you may have an opportunity to say, God, I want you to show yourself strong on my behalf. And I'm expecting you to perform your word and make your promise good. And I'm expecting it in Jesus' name. Amen. So somebody say, the Lord is faithful. So in his time of Natural despair, discouragement. But he's encouraged himself. Now he's hearing the voice of God. And God said, pursue and overtake them and recover all. What a good word in the middle of your storm. And I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit in the middle of storms in my life that he gives me a word in season. God gives you a word in season. A word in season will carry you through. A word in season will get you to the point of victory in your life. A word in season will, will uh, help you to see God's faithfulness in your life and uh, help you to get to that place of absolute recovery. He said, pursue and overtake and what? Recover all. Now, in our lives, of course, primarily, uh, we have to understand that in this case, uh, they had a physical enemy that came and destroyed the city, burned the city, stole their stuff, and took their sons and daughters and took their wives uh, captive and left town. They had a natural enemy. And uh, yes, sometimes people may choose to be your natural enemy. But you have to remember the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, not natural, not physical people. No, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're what? Mighty through God, God, through the, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, images, pictures, thoughts, reasonings, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You have a lot of reasoning like these men that were following David before had reasonings and imaginations of throwing stones at David and killing him. David had imaginations of being the one on the end of the rock. In other words, when the rocks hit, it was him. In other words, he is having these imaginations and and having imaginations of the loss of his wives, and they're having imaginations of the uh, destruction of their families, and they're having imaginations of what has just uh, been uh, before them, a burned city, and all their stuff is lost. 
here we are, this picture of hopelessness, but God. I said, but God. And if a leader will encourage themselves, then they can influence others. And David encouraged himself, and he heard from God. He had a word from God in the middle of the test, in the storm. And now he said, we're going to pursue, we're going to overtake, and we're going to recover all. Looks like there's no way. Looks like it's impossible. But we're going to recover all. Thank you, Jesus. So if you continue to read the story, David and 600 men began to pursue the enemy. Began to pursue the enemy that had burned their city, the Amalekites who had burned their city, taken their sons, their daughters, their wives, taken their goods, and they began to pursue after them. They get to the brook, and 200 of the men were so tired and weary that they just couldn't go any further. They couldn't go anymore. But David and 400 men had a spirit of faith that said, we got to keep running. We got to keep pursuing. Not everybody's going to pursue to recover everything the devil has stole from their life. But I want to admonish you today, encourage you today that you can pursue, you can overtake, and you can recover all. You don't have to just count it as lost. You can say, God, I believe in the promises of God that you will restore. And you will restore even years that the locust has eaten up. You will restore years that have been lost. You will restore everything that the devil has stolen. And I believe when you catch a thief and the devil is a thief according to the book of Proverbs if you catch a thief he has to restore it sevenfold so God can cause the enemy to have to cough it up the devil to have to cough it up and let go and and everything he's stolen from you multiplied by seven God causes blessing to come to your life where the devil has stolen and said it's hopeless it's over and there's no hope for your future God says there is hope because I'm in the picture I'm never out of the picture if you'll Keep me in your focus. If you keep your eyes on God, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, if you keep your eyes on the promise of God, no matter what it looks like naturally, there is hope in God. Hallelujah. There is faith in God. There is trust in God. There is joy in God. There's strength in God. There's a love of God. There's an enabling power of the Holy Spirit that will put you over in the most difficult of moments of your life, in the most difficult trials of your life, in the darkest places of your soul. God will cause you to rise up on the inside and believe His prophets and believe his word and believe the word of God that comes to you and hold fast to the promise of God and confess boldly I know my redeemer lives hallelujah confess boldly I will pursue and I will overtake and I will recover all without fail Without fail. In other words, it will be a full recovery. Hallelujah. Full recovery of your health. Full recovery of your wealth. Full recover of your family. Full recover of your life. Full recover of your soul. Full restoration in your life. You will recover all. Without fail. Nothing lost. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Perfect peace beyond any peace of this world. Something only God can do in your life. Amazing grace of God is still available to whoever will believe. So David dared to believe. 
If it were all automatic, everyone would have experienced it. It's not. It's by faith and saying, God, I believe your word, so therefore I'm going to pursue. I'm pursuing the promise. I'm pursuing the provision. I'm pursuing the restoration. I'm pursuing my enemy. I'm going after the devil. He stole it, but he's got to restore it sevenfold. It's coming home. If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Amen. If he can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods, and he can't keep your life and bind your life and hold you back and hinder you from moving forward. No. If God's joy remains in you and you maintain encouragement from God, the Holy Spirit will give you joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength, and you have strength to pass the brook of Basil. In other words, you don't give up at the brook. 200 gave up at the brook. We can't go any further. But 400 said, we're with you, David. We're going all the way. (laughs) Hallelujah. Remember the 400 in the cave of Adullam that joined themselves. It says they were distressed, discontent, in debt, but they became mighty men in God, in David's kingdom and really in the kingdom that God had established. So you got to have a spirit of faith when, it, when it's a tough times. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Hallelujah. And it's not just a tough in you. It's Christ in you, the Holy Spirit in you. It's God in you. It's the power of the Holy Ghost in you. It's the word of faith in you. It's faith in God in you. It's trusting God in you that will cause you to go through. Hallelujah. So with God, I said with God. All things are possible. Thank you, Jesus. Just recently, uh, one of the verses that I've used in this series is Jeremiah 30, verse 17. I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal you of your wounds. Hallelujah. Quinette, she walked in this morning. Just three weeks ago, she had surgery, had a knee replacement. She walked in this morning like normal. Three weeks later, hallelujah, she believed that God would restore. She said, I I held to that word. God will restore health unto me and heal me of my wounds. She walked in here, hallelujah, like she usually does. She said, when I was in the hospital, I just lifted up my leg. And she lifted up her left leg, and she just had surgery on her right knee. In other words, God speeded up the recovery process. I said God speeded up the recovery process. A spirit of faith will take you through. I said a spirit of faith will take you through. Glory be to God. Somebody shout glory in this place. So in this pursuit, 400 men pursuing out in the desert, they meet up with this young man out in the desert. The young man... Was, had been sick, he hadn't eaten in three days, hadn't had any water for three days. And so when they meet him, they ask him, who are you? He said, I'm an Egyptian, I was a servant to the, one of the Amalekites. 
And, of course, he said, told what was going on, what had happened, how they had been taking the spoil in different places and how they had burned Ziklag with fire and they had taken the goods and taken the wives and children captive. And so David said, well, will you show us where they're at? God will always put somebody in your life that will show you where they're at. Hallelujah. Show you, show you how to recover. Hallelujah. So will you show us? He said, well, if you won't turn me over to the Amalekite, because he knows that would mean death. If you won't turn me over to the Amalekites, and if you won't kill me. In other words, because they had just fed him and gave him some food and water, and so his, it said his spirit came again, and so he was able to function and able to move. And so he said, if you won't kill me, and you won't turn me over to them, because they'll kill me. Because he's about to spill the beans here. He's about to be the informer here. The informer could get in trouble. All right, so he said, if you won't kill me, you won't turn me over, I'll show you where they're at. So he led them right to the, uh, to the Amalekites. Well, you know, when men like that, they go and burn a city and they take the spoil and take the women and take the children. When they do that, you know they're going to have a party sometime. So here in verse 16, verse 16, and when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. So they're having this great party. They're just having a good time, they think. Like I said, they think they're having a good time. They're having this big party, taking advantage of people. And they've stolen their goods, taking their, uh, their children, their wives captive. And they're just having a, they're having a party. But here David's men come. Verse 17, and David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening the next, of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. So when they saw the army coming, they just jumped on their camel and left town. We're out of here. But David slew everybody, everyone else. And David recovered all, verse 18. David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. So there is an end of your trouble. I said there is an end of your trouble. Isaiah 61 verse 7 says that God will give you double for your trouble. In other words, when you've gone through much trouble, double blessing is headed your way. Hallelujah. You're going to run smack dab into the blessing of God in your life. If you dare to believe in the middle of your storm, if you'll encourage yourself in the Lord, you'll learn to praise God. You'll then inquire of the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do here in this case? Do you want me to pursue? And if the Lord says pursue, not in every case, 
will you pursue? You just trust God and he takes care of things all by himself. In 2 Chronicles 20, it says, uh, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. They had three armies that were arrayed against them in the natural. They had no hope. There is no way we're going to win this fight, this battle. I'm telling you, naturally, we are so outnumbered, there is no hope. But they prayed. They sought God. Hallelujah. When they sought the Lord, then the Spirit of God came on the prophet and began to speak to them and told them where the enemy was and told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. They put singers out front of the army and said, Now you just sing and praise the Lord. So you praise the Lord and sing and say, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. And while they were praising, it said, The Lord said, Ambush. So it's not always that you are to pursue. You might need to just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Whatever Holy Spirit says to you, that's what you do. What do you do in the time of trouble? Whatever he says to you, do it. And when you do what he says, right in the middle of it, in faith, doing what the Holy Spirit has directed you to do while you're praising, the Lord said ambush. And it says they all started killing each other. One army killed the other army, and then they killed, the, uh, killed each other. So they all died. And then it says they went in, and they gathered up the spoil. And it took them three days to gather the spoil. So whatever the Holy Spirit's direction is to you in the time of your trouble, that is what you do. You can't always follow somebody else and what Holy Spirit said to them. Just do what God says to you. So if the Holy Spirit gives you a direction, follow it. Amen. And if it's to pursue, overtake, and recover all, or if it's to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and praise the Lord until your enemy kills himself and you just go in and pick up the, pick up the stuff. So Holy Spirit always has an answer. And he always has direction for your life. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, David recovered all. Somebody say, I'm recovering all. Look at your neighbor and say, you're recovering all. <laughs> Hallelujah. And still all, instead of all was lost, all was recovered. That's your testimony. It's the testimony of the goodness of God, the grace of God, the restoring power of God, what God has done. Look what the Lord has done. And if it's not finished yet, you're on the way. Hallelujah. Keep your voice of faith. Keep your praise up and worship God and praise Him and thank Him for His goodness and you'll get to the finishing line and you'll see the goodness of God in your life. Hallelujah. Verse 23, then said David, you shall not do so, my brethren. What was he answering? He was answering the men, the 400 men. The 400 men had said, now those men that didn't go with us to battle, we're going to give them their wives and their children, but they can't have any of the spoil because they didn't go to battle with us. So David made a little correction there so let's look at it he said David said you shall not do so my brethren with that which the Lord hath given us recognizing what God is the one that's given it to us 
who have preserved us, preserved our life, and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. God gave us this deliverance. And verse 24, for who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall partake alike. And so it was so from that day, and it was so from that day forward, that he made a statute and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. In other words, David established it as a statute, an ordinance. That the persons that go... Down to the battle, we'll share the same part as those that stayed by the stuff. You know, if you don't have somebody to stay by the stuff, somebody's going to take the stuff. You're going to recover something else, and while you're doing that, they take the other stuff. And so, he says, they're going to share alike. And so, we want to have a generous heart. When we get... To the place of victory. When we get to the place of blessing. When we get to enjoy the best that God has for our lives. We want to remember those that haven't yet enjoyed it. Amen. We want them to share in the blessing as well. We want to share the blessing that we have come to enjoy in our lives. Go with me to 2 Kings. In 2 Kings... We're going to go to chapter 7, begin with verse 1. The city is besieged. The people are starving. There's no food, no way for them to get food. And thank God for the prophet of God. Verse 1, then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. In other words, there's going to be some food tomorrow. Then the Lord, then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt, not, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. In other words, because he didn't believe the prophet. He didn't believe the word of the Lord that came in their time of dilemma. He didn't believe, so he said, If, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, shall this thing be? In other words, it's not going to happen. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here and die? Why do we just sit here and die? In other words, if we just sit here, we're going to die. We've got to do something. And if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. And if they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. 
Wow, doesn't sound like a real hopeful situation here. Your enemy is out there. You know if you go in the city, you're going to die. You're going to die of starvation. If you sit here at the gate of the city, you're going to die because you don't have any food. So we'll just go out toward the Syrians and hopefully they'll let us live. So we don't have a lot of faith here. But you know, if you just have a little faith, the size of a mustard seed, if you'll say to this mountain, or you'll say to the sycamine tree, (laughs) In other words, there's power in one act of faith. Even though it be small, if it is acted upon, there's power in that act of faith. So here these lepers, their flesh is eaten away. They're starving to death. No natural hope. The city is besieged. Everybody in the city is starving, so they're just going to just go out there. They're going to do something. In other words, do something lest you do nothing. There is some, some possibility of living through this. So they got up. And they rose up in the twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a great... A noise of chariots and the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us and the king of the Hittites (laughs) and the kings of the Egyptians. So God's using their imagination. To come upon us, God calls them to hear. The noise of chariots, the noise of horses, and the noise. I mean, you know, you got chariots and horses coming. There's a rumble on the, on the ground, right? They hear this host of people coming, and it's, you know what it is? It's four lepers. <laughs> hobbling along, but hobbling along, believing there's hope. So when it looks like it's hopeless, you got to maintain a hope. And you got to maintain some faith that says, I believe that there is possibility I'm going to get through this thing. I'm going to live through this. Because sometimes when it's so difficult, it seems like you're not going to live. It seems like you're not going to make it. But God, everybody say, but God. And so they started walking, and God made it sound like a great host coming toward them. And what did they do? Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. So the enemy just fled for their life. And when, the, and when these lepers came... To the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried the tents of silver and the gold and the raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried it also and went and hid it. And they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good things and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they were doing pretty much what David's men said. We're just going to keep all this stuff to ourselves, and they can have their wives and their children, but we're going to keep all this stuff. So here they found all of this spoil. They don't need all this stuff. They don't need all this food, all this stuff. 
And now they said, no, nope, we got to tell somebody. So we're going to tell the king, we're going to tell the city, so they also can enjoy the blessings that we have just tapped into. Amen. So when you get blessed and when you get through your trial, when you get through your test, you want to share some of the blessings that you've come to enjoy. One act of faith can get you through your storm, can get you out of a place of hopelessness into a place of hope and faith and confidence. One act of faith can get you all the way to your victory and you'll be enjoying the spoils that God has caused the enemy to just leave behind because they heard another voice. You know, the voice of the Lord can make some noise. Amen. And the Spirit of God can make some noise so that your adversary, your enemy, will run and hide. Hallelujah. So when you get the blessing, don't hide your blessing. You got to tell your testimony. You got to share the goodness of God. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. If he gave me victory over this situation, he'll give you victory over this situation. If he gave me victory in this thing, he'll do it for you. God's no respecter of persons. So you want to share your blessings, share your faith in God, and share your testimony to the goodness of God. You pursued, you overtook, and you recovered all, and you share the goodness of God in your life. Amen. Somebody say, God is good. 